When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. And I wish that I had more positive news to talk about. Well, (laughs) we're going to jump right into it here. We're going to review the past five or six games. Gosh, it's already been six. So we're not going to go heavy into detail in all six of the games. We're going to talk about, really, the state of the wild, per se. We're going to talk about what's going on here in general. This is the review segment. The preview segment will be segment number two. And there will be a third segment this show, which will include a North Stars memory for, well, pretty interesting reasons. I'm sure you have probably have a probably have a pretty good idea who the feature will be in the North Stars preview. Very, uh much related to Zach Parisi. Yeah, we will be talking about it then, and I will talk about it very briefly now as well. J.P. Parisi died at the age of 73 to lung cancer. He was put into hospice the past week or so, and Zach Parisi missed a couple games. The Sharks game and the Chicago game to be with his father in the last uh, hours of his life, and with that, we will give J.P. Parisi, right here at the beginning of the show, a moment of silence. And we will talk more about J.P. Parisi in segment number three, the North Stars memory, and a very brief and yeah <laughs> checkup on the Iowa Wild. A not so not so positive one, unfortunately. Well, just what has happened to this team? I mean, really, what the hell has happened to the Minnesota Wild over the past several weeks now? Since about Thanksgiving, there has been very very little to be thankful about for the Minnesota Wild, other than Zach Parisi. Yeah other than Zach Parisi. And, well, hey, this is what got me encouraged. Like, wow. Remember how I started last week? The predictions? I figured oh, we're probably going to lose to Toronto. They got all that offense. You know, they're a tough one. They're a really tough matchup. And then we'll go into Dallas and win. 
Yeah, yeah, we're going to Dallas and win. You know, we'll lose to Toronto. You know, both Dallas and Toronto, they're great offenses. You know, they're, they're dangerous teams. Great offenses. Uh, Toronto's got more depth offensively. Dallas is good at the top, but uh, that's kind of mostly it. Yeah. Well, the Minnesota Wild beat Toronto 3-1. to one, And we'll talk about the Dallas game in a moment. We'll save that. <laughs> Let's talk about the Toronto game Friday, January the 2nd. Happy New Year once again to everybody. And, of course, the last show was recorded on New Year's, and it was the very first podcast I recorded, <laughs> gee, you think, <laughs> the very first podcast I recorded in 2015, hope all of you are, uh, well, enjoying your flying cars and uh, your hoverboards and all that, yeah, and uh, automatic drying jackets and clothes and all that, that'd, that'd be great, wouldn't it, yeah, the wild, uh, well, gosh, I guess we're gonna be fine, you know, we kind of, kind of been, we're kind of starting off the New Year on the, on a good note, yeah, a nice, uh, Victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. 3-1 to one over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nice. Darcy Kemper. Boy, he's got it. He's just got it. He's back. He's back at it. It's the Darcy Kemper we saw earlier in the year. You know, he'd been playing better of late anyway. He he was good against Columbus. We just made some mistakes and couldn't finish that game for some God. You know, so we, we have no idea. Only God knows what reason on New Year's Eve a couple of days before. But yeah, Darcy Kemper's back. He's He's got it. Yeah. Looks good. Miko Koivu, Jared Spurgeon, both getting goals, both having two-point games. Hey, all's right with the Wild. Not all's right with the world, but all's right with the Wild. Yeah, but saying all's right with the Wild would be just about as silly a statement. Great defense by the Wild. Great all-around game. And Toronto, in fairness, not playing well at all. Toronto has not been playing well at all. And I kind of knew it. Obviously, they'd been shelled by the Philadelphia Flyers. Just a week before, and the Flyers shelled us as well. Oh, did they ever. But we figure, hey, Toronto's got this prolific offense and all that. Well, no, things really falling apart. And the coach was recently fired, and Phil Kessel showing what an ass he is, basically, when they questioned uh, what was, uh, <laughs> that there was some, the coach was saying there was some difficulty with Phil Kessel. Next thing you know, he's getting a major attitude when the, uh, <laughs> the beat writer came up to him in Toronto asking, asking about what the coach meant there, and he's like, what, are you saying? Are you saying it's my fault? Are you saying this is my fault? Man, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. This this guy's an idiot. He just kept going at him. Phil Castle's an ass, and uh, I'm glad he's got 45 points on the year so far, but he's an ass, and that's about all we have to say about him. And, uh, well, <laughs> when a coach gets fired very quickly after you beat them, you must not be a very good team. And very quickly after that Toronto game, which is the only positive thing and I can't even really talk about it now because, <laughs> I mean, talk about momentum shift. Talk about a state of the team right here. Talk about uh, an, an eye-opener in many ways. <laughs> Saturday, January the 3rd. Well, <laughs> remember how it's like, hey, the Wild have been finally, they've finally been winning games in Dallas. Like, heck, the last time they'd won before last year, it was 9-11. I mean, it was, it was the year of 9-11. It was before September 11th, 2001. The Minnesota Wild defeated the Dallas Stars in Dallas, Texas. But then all of a sudden, now we're starting to beat them. In fact, earlier this year, we, we beat the Stars. You know, you can't beat it. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's just great. <laughs> yeah, the first period wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad. I mean, the Wild were hanging in there. Everything was okay. It was just a one nothing game. It's like, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. That's too bad we're down one nothing, But everything will be all right. It'll be all right. Yeah. No, no, it's not going to be all right because before you knew it, the Wild were down 
five to nothing. Five to nothing. About midway through the second period. You heard that correct? Five to nothing. Oh, and then Thomas Vanek conveniently scores on the power play. Hey, we'll we'll take it. That's good. Hey, at least he scored. At least the Wilder on the board now. <laughs> yeah. But then after that, we get in a nice little scrum with the Dallas, Dallas Stars. A five-on-five scrum or so, per se. That, that was nice to watch, I guess. That was great. Showed our frustration. And, boy, we've got some fight, man. we got some fight with this team. We sure do. we got fight, you know. Now, now we're going to wake up and come back and beat these Patsies, right? We're better than the Dallas Stars. They think they're better than us? No, no, no. We're taking the fifth spot in, in the division, not the conference, the division back from the Dallas Stars. After they took a one-point lead, we took it back against Toronto, and we're going to hang on to it now because we're going to beat them in their house. We're going to make a miraculous comeback. No, of course we weren't. The Stars would add another one just a minute later. <laughs> Six to one, and then in the... F- in this final period, it was 7-1, to one, and Darcy Camper just shelled beyond recognition. Uh, started strong in the game in the first period. Not, you know, he was he was adequate. He wasn't too bad. But then it began. Then Fiddler started his thing. <laughs> Vernon Fiddler. Well, of course, he got the first goal as well. That was a very good one. But the second one was just like, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's serious. And then, <laughs> and then the Eric Cole shorthanded. Just a total breakdown. And, uh, I mean, um, shh. And on Russo's goal, I have no idea. The sixth one, I have no idea what Backstrom was doing at, at all. Backstrom just comes out of the net and just flings the puck towards center ice, which is basically a slam dunk for <laughs> Antoine Russo. Yep, wrong sport, but basically, it basically was a slam dunk if there's such a thing in hockey. That's, that's how you get one. It, it, it was an alley-oop. And, of course, yep, Brett Ritchie adds one to add insult to injury after a meh third period. He adds it very late in the game as if the Stars really needed another goal. 7-1, to one, Dallas. You heard it right again. 7-1, to one, Dallas. Ah, uh, the Dallas Stars T-boned <laughs> the Minnesota Wild in this game. Absolutely T-boned the Minnesota Wild. A straight-up joke. A sickening Effort by the Wild, which would draw the ire of the head coach at some point, but eh, not yet, right? Not yet. We're gonna we're gonna wait on that. We'll get there. So then the Wild head to well back to Exile Energy Center Tuesday, January the third. You got three games rest. I picked the Wild to win. Maybe the Wild could uh, somehow rebound from that game, that seven to one game. Maybe it's just one bad game and everything will be fine, right? Everything will be fine. It was just one bad game. You know, the Wild will be okay. And they look good. They look good in this game, actually. Yeah, in XL Energy Center. And it's like, hey, there it is. We'll just flip-flop. Maybe we thought we'd get killed by Toronto and beat the Stars. So you just flip-flop that and that'll be okay. But, well, yay. The Wild got another point out of this one in a shootout loss. (laughs) After taking a 2-0 lead in the game, Jason Zucker, who's really had a very good week, particularly in... The absence and the sadness of Zach Parisi, Jason Zucker playing like a first line left wing, <laughs> and he was you know very deservingly to be there right now. He is a first he played like a first liner this week to be quite honest. Two goals in this game, thirteenth goal of the year early on. Five minutes less than five minutes into the game, Spurgeon follows it up. Literally two minutes later, two nothing Wild. Hey man, here we go. 
not five minutes into the period, 15 minutes into the period, I apologize. But yeah, as we, we end the period up two to nothing, and we didn't even, we didn't really look that good, but hey, we didn't even look good, but we're winning two to nothing. That's what good teams do. You still win even when you don't play particularly well, right? <laughs> yeah, why would I even call us a good team? Why would I? Because it was pretty much downhill from here. San Jose would score three goals. <laughs> One midway through the second. Two goals, basically a minute apart in the third. Pretty much softies along the way. But then Jason Zucker saves the day, looking like, okay, we're going to tie this thing up and win it. Only to lose in overtime on another, just, yeah, just another uh, stanchion excuse for the Wild. Another uh, Darcy Kemper special, per se. He was out of position to stop it. And the stanchion, <laughs> this is like the third time we've heard about the stanchion with the Minnesota Wild. We heard it the way it ended the season last year against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. We heard it earlier this season, just recently. It hit the stanchion and we lost in overtime. I believe it was the Nashville game, but whatever it was, we lost an overtime game with a stanchion. (laughs) And we lost another overtime game with a stanchion. Another game, the Wild were doing well and they blew it. Mark Ebert Vlasic finishing things with that one. Well, kind of. The Stanchion won the game for the Stars and Darcy Kemper, or the Stars, the Sharks, and Darcy Kemper helped the uh, <laughs> Darcy Kemper helped the Sharks win again as well. Oh, Darcy. Oh, Darcy. Just out of position, not where he needed to be, and uh, Mr. Mike Yo, not a happy camper after that one in any way. In fact, why am I even reviewing the games like in detail, per se? It's more of... <laughs> The state of the wild, and that's kind of where we're headed now. Ultimately, I'm just kind of telling you who scored in the game and the situation. Now, the wild were up to nothing, and things looked good. Things looked like we were going to be okay, and then very quickly the sharks just kind of came back, and the wild give up three goals in a row. Luckily, Jason Zucker gives the wild a point, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that point ain't going to mean diddly. Other than, <laughs> it ain't going to mean diddly. Other than, well, I guess point totals near the end of the season. And uh, maybe possibly where the wild draft. Um, that, that's about where we're headed right now. That's about where we're headed. Great effort against the Chicago Blackhawks. Didn't win that one and all that. But before that, before that, Minnesota Wild had <laughs> a lackluster practice going on. And Mike Yo finally lit into the Minnesota Wild. It's about time. But if you want to be quite honest, <laughs> just like everybody's been saying, and even and, and, and when I heard it too. Did did it really sound like the type of uh, did it really sound like the type of rant or the type of I don't even know what the word is eruption there we go like they try to call it that would make you that would make you say wow eh, you know maybe for Mike Yo I guess because he hasn't really uh, been the type to do that yet but this was the first time he did it and he lit into them he basically was like. If you haven't heard, of course, if you haven't already heard it like many times on the radio or seen it on YouTube or whatever, or excuse me, KSTP.com or whatever, and anything like that, you know, AM1500.com, uh, whatever the website is, <laughs> you know what it is, the, yeah, ESPN1500, um, but if you didn't see, uh, if you didn't hear about it, basically he was just like, what, this is how we follow up after a loss, you know, <laughs> We don't, we don't, we don't need to practice hard. He just went crazy, or yeah, he started yelling at them, threw a stick, all that good stuff. Cussed him out about 30, 40 curses. I mean, hey, good for Mike Yo to to get pissed off at the team, and he has every right to be pissed off. 
Because this team does have no energy. This team lacks energy in a big way. And, well, we finished a three-game homestand 0 for 3. Basically, we got one point out of it. One point out of it against the Sharks, Blackhawks, and Nashville. So, yeah, you can tell how the things turned out. 4-2 loss to the Blackhawks. 3-1 loss today against Nashville. That was pretty much garbage. It was just a garbage game. Unwatchable. Chicago game, very, very watchable in a lot of ways. They uh, That second period, the Wild really came at the Blackhawks in a big way. Maybe it was Mike Yo. <laughs> Maybe it was what Mike Yo said and all that during there, during that uh, tirade or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but whatever it was, the Wild showed some effort. They looked really good, but in the at the end of the day, the Blackhawks just it's just it's just what you expect. It's like watching Seattle and Carolina. No matter how much Carolina's going to try, Seattle's going to win, and it sucks. You know, in in, in the NFL, of course. And that's kind of what it was like for the Wild in this one. It's like they always, the Blackhawks always find a way to win. And the showtime, Patrick Kane's going to score his goals. And so is <laughs> Brian Bickle. I almost called him Stu Bickle. Because, yeah, there's Bickle on each team now, which is kind of cool, of course, the former Gopher. But Brian Bickle, I mean, yeah, he scores against the Wild about as much as Jerome Ginla. And he's nothing like Jerome Ginla. It's just unbelievable. I mean, how many times you got to hear the name Brian Bickle? I mean, you could think of a lot of names you could change Brian Pickle to. <laughs> a lot of swear words you could change his last name to. But uh, whatever, we don't need to do that on here. And this uh, it's just the same old story. And, of course, Corey Crawford looked like, <laughs> looked like Ken Dryden against the Wild, stopping 42 shots. Of course, Corey Crawford's going to be great against the Wild. Of course, just like always. And then... Other games, he won't have a good one. But this was a hell of a game by the Chicago Blackhawks. Joel Quinville was saying this was a goaltender kind of game. Corey Crawford was better. Corey Crawford was better than Nicholas Backstrom, who, of course, now is the goalie because Darcy Kemper's been put on injured reserve. And it's kind of almost like good riddance in a way. Backstrom only faced 19 shots and stopped. Well, (laughs) He stopped 16 because Brian Bickle's goal was, of course, an empty netter at the end. It was just a way of like, ah, don't forget about me. I'm going to score against you guys because I always score against you guys. <laughs> and he had two goals in the game, obviously, as well. That was what put the Blackhawks up 3-1. to one. Yep, early in the third period. Another aggressive uh, physical play. Wild could not get the job done. It's just Maxim certainly not as good as uh, Corey Crawford. Again, only facing 19 shots. Didn't even face 20 shots in the game, and he gave up... Well, yeah, he gave up three goals, not four officially. Pominville's nice power play, making it 3-2. Gave us a little bit of hope, but it's like, yeah, we're probably not going to win. Pominville on the power play, by the way. Uh, Patrick Kane with his 20th goal early on to make it 2-0. You just kind of knew the Wild weren't going to win the game pretty much from the get-go. You just knew it. The Wild almost never beat the Blackhawks. Even though they play well against them, they just don't beat them. And... It's just the story of the Wild right now against the Chicago Blackhawks. Jason Zucker, well, the main positive thing here with his 15th goal. Pominville with two points in this game. That's good. That makes him the leading scorer now because Zach Parise wasn't playing all week because of what took place. <laughs> so, yeah, Jason Pominville's the leading scorer. But, yeah, he does. He certainly doesn't look like it out there <laughs> at all. Zucker definitely, though, filling in for Parise in a very positive way in the games that he was able to do that, or, or, you know, in the games that he was moved up a line to the top. 
Of course, he shuffles all the way down to fourth line sometimes, but yeah, all the way up to the top line with Pominville and Koivu, if you can call that a top line, but I guess it is. Uh, Zucker producing. I mean, that's good. He's the only young guy right now that's producing at a high level because even Nito Niederreiter, as much as much as I like him and as as hot as he was earlier in the season, you can't really find Nino Niederreiter with a searchlight, ultimately. I mean, he, he had a hat-trick earlier in the year, and he's still at 14 goals. 14. And he, he had 12 goals, like, shoot, like in early November, remember? Like, early November, he had 12 goals already, and he's only got 15. It's like two months later. So, so much for that. I mean, he still doesn't even have, well, now he has 20 points after today, because he had a really rare assist uh, <laughs> on Charlie Coyle's rare goal. He, he got his fourth goal of the year against the National Predators, and that's about all I'm going to say about the National game. It was just unwatchable hockey. And yes, I did see it, <laughs> and it was unwatchable. It was really bad. It was the kind of game you would turn off. It was the kind of game you would feign interest in. It's just not been good. Not a good product in any way, shape, or form. The Minnesota Wild are not going to the playoffs barring like a miracle of miracles. And, and, and it's heartbreaking considering how good the National Predators are now compared to what they were last year. They weren't even a playoff team. Now they're the Black or the Blackhawks. Now they're the uh, Colorado Avalanche. With young up-and-comers playing out of their minds, of course, Mr. Forsberg over there, Philip Forsberg, I almost called him Peter. That would have been stupid. But yeah, Philip Forsberg of the National Predators, playing great. <sighs> and they, and Rene, <laughs> if I ever, now that I'm, I think I'm saying the name right, the goalie of the National Predators, playing out of his mind, standing on his head. He's the best goalie in hockey right now. National Predators actually have the best record in the league, which is crazy. I don't think that's going to last, but who knows? I mean, sometimes it's just your year. Sometimes it is. Like the LA Kings, regardless if they're the eighth seed or whatever, they went all the way and won the cup. Maybe Nashville, it's just their year where they're just going to dominate and go all the way. Sometimes it happens that way, like the Chicago Blackhawks uh, years ago, and they just were a remarkable team, and everybody knew they were, uh, everybody just knew they were going to win the cup. That was uh, the lockout season. Just everybody saw that coming, and we hated it, but <laughs> it was what it was, and it was going to be what it was. Because they bounce all over the place. But um, yeah, Nino Niederreiter. Has been virtually invisible. Charlie Coyle, well, he's a good grinder, and he'll score once in a while, and he'll and he'll and he'll get some assists. But to me, Charlie Coyle is a third line player. That's it. Grind against the wall. Good. He's a good. Uh, he's a good wall guy, as they like to say in the hockey community. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't really offer all that much else. He'll score a little bit. He'll get some assists and score like uh, like eight goals a year, which is where he's headed right now. That's what he's on pace for. Eight goals. That's exciting. <laughs> Hall has been terrible. Four assists on the season. Yay. That's great. Halla. Yeah. He's played better of late since his send down. But overall, he's not been good. Jonas Brodeen's a little, a little better than last year's terrible sophomore slump. But only a little better. And of course, he's been sick and injured. <laughs> Off and on during the season. So when you do so when you do see him, it isn't very often. <laughs> you don't see him very often. It's definitely a, been a struggle for him all year. Snake bit. Ryan Suter's coping with his dad's death, and of course he uh, he just plays too much. <laughs> he plays too much, as Clayton Stoner said. 
<laughs> Clayton Stoner was complaining in the, the media over there in Anaheim. He is now a member of the one of the best teams in hockey, the Anaheim Ducks. Love them or hate them. Who wouldn't want to play in California? You know? Who wouldn't who wouldn't want to go move to California? That'd be awesome. Um Yeah, he was complaining that the that Mike Yo Well, he only plays one defenseman. He didn't say which one. He just said that Mike Yo <laughs> plays one defenseman and that's about it. Everybody else just gets like a little bit in pieces of time. Well, he has a point there. For so many reasons. Obviously the chemistry on the team, not going to be what you'd want when guys are pissed off because they're not playing. And Ryan Suter's playing way too much, and he's tired all the time. I gotta think, I gotta think he's out of gas. It's not because he's out of shape, it's because he's playing too much. Too much. That's not good. That's not good. Other than that, Margot Scandella, not really much of a major, I mean, he, he's, I mean, he wasn't like, he's not really even somebody you consider a prospect anymore, he's just a good defenseman now. He's just a good, solid defenseman, and he's kind of past the age of a prospect, so he's a nice, young, talented defenseman. Thank God that we have him, but he makes some horrible mistakes as well, and that can drive people crazy (laughs) once in a while. But overall, Justin Falk, I would cut him today if I could. That guy is useless, and yeah, the third goal by Nashville today, he just gave the puck to He just gave the puck to him, and it was just a complete joke. Just an absolute flipping joke. Justin Falk, what does he do out there besides maybe knock people around a little bit and maybe get in a fight? Other than that, he just makes horrible mistakes and isn't a very good defender either. No. It was Colin Wilson that uh, scored the goal, ultimately. <laughs> uh, just a just a brutal game, brutal effort by the Wild, ultimately. just I mean, whatever. It's just, it's just great. You know, every time you think the Wild gets something going, there's Nashville. There they go. They scored. We're happy for you. So, that's pretty much the state of the Wild there. Backstrom's old. Kemper's, Kemper's too up and down, like a Roberto Luongo, but obviously a much worse version of him. <laughs> Roberto Luongo, Luongo, you get a softy on him, and he's done. He's fried. <laughs> that's kind of how he is sometimes. Luongo can just get fried, and that's who Kemper is. But like much a much worse version, Kemper or Backstrom, he was okay today. I mean, he, he it's not really his fault when Justin Falk's basically getting a nice perfect centering pass to Colin Wilson. Hmm. <laughs> Unassisted goal, of course, for him. But then again, Justin Falk gets the assist. You, you might as well give him that because he's not going to get any assists going the other direction. I'm sure. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! Can't believe it. It's been a very devastating. It's been a really crummy two months for the Minnesota Wild. Just under two months. About seven weeks. It's a load of suck attached, to be quite honest with you. I'm going to end the reviewing now before I just ramble on forever. And you start giving me one stars on iTunes. Because that'll just piss me off. And probably pissing you off as well in the process. Not a good cycle we want to start farming here on Brave the Wild. So with that, we will take a break. And we will jump into the previews right after this. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat by Tall Grass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This Vanilla Bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. 
Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Brave the Wild preview segment. Segment number two. Let's just jump right into it. Tomorrow, Sunday, January the 11th. So obviously it's Saturday, January the 10th. I'm recording... Uh, Brave the Wild on a Saturday this week. That's eh, probably going to be typical. Saturday, maybe Friday, maybe Sunday, whatever. It's going to be sometime around then. Maybe even a Thursday sometimes. But yeah, you get the idea. Later in the week. Later in the week. <clears throat> we head to Chicago. Yay! We head to Chicago. Well, we all know who they have. Corey Crawford, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. Yeah, yeah, you know. Sharp and Brandon Saad and all these guys. All these guys. Brian Bickle, blah, blah, blah. Do we have to go over them again? No. Do the Minnesota Wild win in Chicago tomorrow? Probably not. Uh, it'd be wonderful if we did, but when's the last time we won in Chicago? Well, I guess we snuck one in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I guess we did, but that's about all I gotta say about it. I don't think the Wild win tomorrow night. They're not playing well. We don't even know who our goalie is. Supposedly the Minnesota Wild are out shopping for goalies right now, but uh, well. We'll get we'll get back to that when the time comes. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. Cam Ward is the is one of the guys that's out there, uh, thirty years old, very talented, all that good stuff. I've been playing on a bad team this year. Not sure how uh, long you can depend on a guy like that. He's obviously very good, but he hasn't play, played like big time hockey in many years. So he hasn't been in a big game in many years. So hard to say just how good he really is ultimately down the stretch. I mean, yes, he won the Stanley Cup, but that was 2006. He's 30 years old, not 40. That's the good part, unlike uh, <laughs> Bruce Golov, who's like in his mid-30s already. Uh, Pat- uh, Patrick Brodeur, yeah, I'm thinking about Patrick. Wow, Martin Brodeur, he is in his 40s. He was already let go by St. Louis, who, unbelievable that he played on a different team at the end of his career. Kind of weird, just like Mike Madonna did. That was a waste of time playing on Detroit. But, well, I guess he got to play at home, though, so that's good. Went home a lot earlier than Zach Parisi did. <laughs> That's the positive. You could say Minnesota Wild, by the way, might as well throw this in, in dead last in the Central Division. Dead freaking last. We're even behind the Colorado Avalanche now. That's how uh, that's how rough it's gotten. I mean, it's it's rough, man. Remember when, when we figured, oh, the Stars are only three points behind Winnipeg. We'll be okay. Winnipeg's been on a snide of late. Well, we're now six points behind Winnipeg. And uh, three points behind Colorado. Three points behind Colorado. Yeah, that really sucks for us right now. Dead last. And I guess we deserve to be there. Wild will not beat the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night. The Blackhawks will win. <laughs> you almost might as well go with 4-2. to two, But will we even score a second goal? That's the question. Because now our scoring has gone down the you-know-what. I mean, when, I mean, yeah, we got three goals against the Sharks. And three goals against Toronto. But overall, it's been real quiet. One goal against Dallas. Only two against Chicago and one goal against Nashville. Four to two. I mean, I guess it's going to be four to two again. I know that's kind of a lame number, but then again, is it? 
Chicago is a talented team. They're going to score goals. The Wild will maybe sneak in two. That's not exactly a good number, but it's better than one. Yay. Wild get no points out of that one. That is obviously a regulation loss. Tuesday, January the 13th, Minnesota heads to Pittsburgh. We've had some good games against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we have gotten our ass kicked against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Where do we go with this one? Uh, well, the way the Wild are playing right now, I don't know about a victory. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're almost 500 now. In fact, if and when the Minnesota Wild lose to Chicago, <laughs> they'll be 500. They'll be 18, 18, and 5 at that point. Can you believe how good, with how good well the Wild were playing earlier in this year that we are now flirting with 500 and in dead last in the division? It, it's just a joke. It makes you sick. Pittsburgh Penguins came to Minnesota November the 4th when the Wild were playing well and beat the Wild 4-1. to So did the Wild beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are, well, second place in the division by only one point behind the incredible New York Islanders of 1980. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, 80-83 uh, when they won four cups in a row. They're looking like a great team right now. For now. Um, Wild are not going to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins either. Wow, we're going to be below 500. Below 500. It's just like the good old days of Warren Peters, man. Warren Peters is back. Old, old AHL third liner <laughs> on the like on the top two lines for the Minnesota Wild back when we lost like a million games in a row. Mike Yo's first season with the Wild. Injuries plagued the team and his coaching style was not really up to par at that point. Yet, uh, it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's learning. He's getting better. You know, it started good and then went down straight downhill and of course the injuries don't help either. Yeah, Wild are not going to beat the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Penguins either. There's just no way. Penguins win the game. Do I say 4-1? to one? Nah. I think the Wild... I think the Wild... Uh, fi- give a little fight in this one, but lose 5-3. to 5-3. Three. to three. They're going to give up 5 goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they'll, they'll score 3. So it's going to be one of those games. A little on the higher scoring side, we'll say. But there is an end. There is an end to this, uh, to this nonsense. There is an end. And if there isn't, if there isn't an end to this nonsense, Mike Yo will be fired. He will. This is the game where the where Mike Yo gets fired. Thursday, January the 15th, the Minnesota Wild head to Buffalo, New York. The 14-26 and 26 Buffalo Sabres. There will be an end to one or the other here. Minnesota Wild won 6-3. to three. And remember, they were really messing around with that Buffalo Sabres team back in mid-November. That's when some of the bad habits started to really show themselves at that point in time. Bad habits that were like, what the hell are these guys doing? Man, what, what is wrong with these guys? They're getting a little bit too, I, I don't know, a little bit too overconfident thinking, oh, we'll be okay. We'll still find a way to beat them. We can just kind of screw around out here, you know, just kind of give up like lanes and stuff or, you know, like make risky passes because we'll just, we'll just put the highlights on these guys. You know, we'll be fine. Well, they, yeah, 6-3, to three, that's a pretty nasty game. Lucky the Wild were really up to the task in scoring. And they better be going into this one Thursday, January the 15th. Because if, if things are headed where I think they are, with losing to Chicago and Pittsburgh, I think you lose in Buffalo, I think Mike Yo's job will be in trouble. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's his all, all his fault. But after the... Uh, nah, I mean, obviously the tirade, or whatever you want to call it, is really its stock anyway. It's something that happens in, in professional hockey. And there have been much, much, much worse ones than that. In fact, many, many, many worse ones than that. A, a lot of guys are just kind of chuckling like it's not a big deal. Like like a Tortorella is worse than that guy. Like it, any day, John Tortorella, he's always going to like, going to like slam all over you. 
But, um, yeah, Minnesota Wild have got to win in Buffalo, and I predict they will. 4-2. to 4-2. They will win 4-2 to two in Buffalo. A nice, solid little game for the Wild. Maybe some type of hopefully a good habit booster, but, it'll, but we'll probably see goals from like guys that you almost never hear about much. <laughs> maybe maybe Eric Hall will finally score again. That'd be great. Or but it'll probably be people like, I don't even know. It'll probably be like Justin Falk will actually score a goal. Like, ooh, you know. Or maybe Marco Scandella will get a slapper, which I'm not against that at all. That'd be great. But it'll probably be more like the Matt Cooks and Ryan Carters of the world that'll score. Not the Zach Parisi's or the, well, Parisi maybe will get one. I'll give him more credit than that, but it won't be like the Pominvilles or the Vanix. Hey, Thomas, this is your chance to do well against your, your old squad. And he probably won't. He won't score against them. But I'll predict a 4-2 win for the Wild, and again, it'll probably be the more the more no-name type of guys that'll score, like Justin Fontaine or something. It'll be somebody like that. So, at the end of the day, Minnesota Wild do win. Mike Yo will live to see another day. But if they don't, and they do lose to Pittsburgh, Chicago, and say they're like grubbings, like the Wild are getting killed, like no effort, and the team appears like it's quit on its coach, that could be it. And then Chuck Fletcher's next. (laughs) And that really sucks saying that. I mean, it aches in my heart to say that Chuck Fletcher could be on the fritz here. I mean, this could be it. Wouldn't wouldn't that be terrible? Mm -mm. That would really suck. Matt, yeah, I mean, when you have guys like Matt Molson and such at Buffalo, I mean, you got to beat that team. I mean, Matt Molson, woof. <laughs> and he's like one of their better players, yet, yeah, what has he really done? Not a whole lot. I mean, honest to God, a absolute must win for the Wild. But then again, there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. It's all about the draft pick now. And we all know what, what draft picks do for NHL teams in the uh, in the uh, win-now approach, or which the Wild should be when you have your best players turning 30, you're going to need to win now. So any type of draft pick isn't really going to mean a whole lot because it takes years for guys to develop. Nobody really on Buffalo makes you <laughs> makes you blush in any way. Their best goalie goals against average is 3.2 a game. Save percentage just under just above 90. Yay. So <laughs> Jonas Enroth and, of course, Mikhail Neuwirth. Yeah, of, of course, guys we've all heard of. Right. Matt Hackett Hackett was available at one point via waivers. Wild did not claim him. And of course he has not played since April, so that's one of the problems there. The Minnesota Wild need a goalie that's a bit more fresh than Matt Hackett is at this point in time. Minnesota Wild hosts the Arizona Coyotes. Minnesota Wild hosts the Arizona Coyotes Saturday, January the 17th. This will, will wrap up the previews. And this, ladies and gentlemen will be a two-game win streak for the Minnesota Wild because they will beat the Arizona Coyotes as well. So this is the miniature little opportunity here that the Wild just, maybe, if there's any glimmer of hope left for this team, because the good news is we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. So if there's any glimmer of hope for a type of rebound, a type of magical run for the Minnesota Wild, like they had last year, at the uh, earlier than this year, <laughs> the Wild had it earlier than this year. But if there's any glimmer of hope that the Wild may have, this is the opportunity to do it because the schedule is going to get a bit easier now. You beat the Arizona. I'm, I keep trying to say Arizona Cardinals because of the playoff game last week, and you know I, I think the Minnesota Wild definitely do it. I think they get it done against the Arizona Coyotes, a three to one type of game. Coyotes don't score a whole lot. <laughs> for the most part, and I think we'll get a nice effort from a Backstrom, who will probably be in the net, and 
probably this whole week. Or maybe we make some type of trade and it happens, but one way or another, or some type of pickup, whoever that is, <laughs> God knows. But um, I think the Wild win two games in a row. And then it's an opportunity because they host the Columbus Blue Jackets on Monday. And I'm obviously not going to preview that one, but I think the Wild can win. Or, I mean, I think the Wild can get something going here. They head to Detroit, they go to Edmonton, go to Calgary, who was playing well and isn't playing well. So schedule's getting a little bit easier here. Detroit's never easy, but eh, who knows? I mean, who knows if you're playing better? Maybe some, maybe good things, maybe you start getting some puck luck. Maybe good things start to happen. You go to Edmonton, I mean, and Calgary, those are games you can win. You can win. Doesn't mean they will. And if they lose, like, all these games, I mean, absolutely, Mike Yo's going to be gone because you can't lose every game with a, with a payroll and a roster like this. You, you just can't, and I don't imagine that Mr. Uh, Leopold is going to stand for that garbage. And then Chuck Fletcher, is, they're going to be sitting down and talking to him like, what the hell's going on? And he's next. I mean, he's next. <laughs> He'll he'll be he'll be facing a he'll be facing a possible guillotine too, and that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's possible. <laughs> it's possible if things head south, but this is an opportunity for things to head north. So believe it or not, I'm ending a very grim, very depressing <laughs> uh, review and preview segments with with. With a possible light at the end of the tunnel here, a possible crack in a very very, very tough wall that's blocking the wild from the postseason. There is a possible teensy-weensy little crack that just maybe, just maybe they could do something. This is this is the time to do it later next week. So there it is. Let's, let's end the previews. So believe it or not, I have the wild coming out with four points in this one. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's end the previews and let's jump into that North Star memory and very brief checkup on the Iowa wild. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. It is segment number three. That means the North Star memory and a brief checkup on the Iowa Wild to see how the prospects are doing, or, well, just <laughs> AHL players <laughs> at this point are doing. We'll see how they progress down there at some point, but they certainly didn't progress the past couple weeks here. But more importantly, the North Star's memory, it's back. Yes, the North Star's memory is back. Generally, I try to keep it on a positive light, but I also try to keep it in something related to what's going on currently. And right now, well, <clears throat> a former North Star, a Yoda of hockey, per se, has has left us. 
J.P. Parisi, of course the father of Zach Parisi, and of course a former North Star who played with Lou Nanny and many others, has left us due to lung cancer. Age 73, uh, he had gone into hospice the past few days. Of course, Zach Parisi missing the Sharks game and the Chicago Blackhawks game. His wife told him to get back out there for the Nashville game today, Saturday, (laughs) January the 10th. So, Zach Parisi was able to return today. Played, Played with passion out there. Unfortunately, the Wild didn't play with a lot of passion, though. And he was very emotional after the game in a in a sad way. He just was very sad with Zach Parisi and very understandable. As uh, obviously the North Star member today, John Paul J.P. Parisi. We're going to talk about him right now a bit. And what's really interesting is that <laughs> J.P. Parisi connects us to a Minnesota <laughs> a Minnesota in, uh, professional hockey franchise that did exist in the early 60s, so one that existed before the North Stars, but it was in the Central Professional Hockey League called the Minneapolis Bruins. The Minneapolis Bruins. So there was a hockey team with Minneapolis on it. That's kind of cool. And J.B. Parisi was here, so it was his first stint in Minnesota before he came to the Minnesota North Stars. How about that? So it's like Parisi was always meant to be here, wasn't he? (laughs) Both Parisis, ultimately, when you think about it, because neither one started their professional career, or even NHL career in Minnesota. Um, ultimately, he was a member of the Boston Bruins organization, per se, their their farm system, we'll call it, of course. Well, obviously, that's what it would be. Um, the, Minneapolis, the Minneapolis Bruins were part of the Boston Bruins. They wore the black and yellow, just like the Boston Bruins had the B, everything. Just, just very cool that we were able to have that. It's just neat to think that there was professional hockey that long ago. Yeah. I kind of wish we had a minor league hockey team in in Minnesota. Maybe the maybe the Wild will come here, and but then I, I don't know. They probably won't be able to do that, would they? <laughs> maybe maybe we can't do that. So we'll just have to let that go. Even though Chicago has like minor league hockey, and so do other cities. But oh well. Ultimately, the Minneapolis Bruins only were in Minnesota for a couple years, and they ended up moving to Oklahoma City, where they became the Blazers, and they ceased to exist in 1977. The CPHL lasted until 1984, but uh, yeah, I mean, so many of those minor league hockey or uh, leagues kind of came and went over the years. The AHL amazingly still around, even though it was around that long ago, and the Rochester Americans still exist today, which is nuts. Um, J.P. Parisi again started his career with Boston with the Boston Bruins. The NHL, there wasn't a whole lot of parity in the league at the time. Only six teams, so it just kind of is what it is. There wasn't a lot of jobs available. He only got to play three games for the Boston Bruins in 1965-66, and then 18 games the next year, which he got two goals and two assists in that brief amount of time. And then ultimately was on the Oklahoma City Blazers, which is, again, that same affiliate. Got traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, only got to play one game with them, got an assist in that game. And then was with the Rochester Americans, which I do believe was the Toronto Maple Leafs affiliate at the time. And then was traded to the Minnesota North Stars. And then his career began. And then (laughs) there it was. We saw J.P. Parisi. We saw the passion, the hard work that he brought to the NHL in so many ways. And what he's really, truly passed on to his son. I mean, all the hard work you see from Zach Parisi out there today. You see every... 
pound for pound, he's the like <laughs> he's he's worth every penny because he works his ass off every single play, every single game. And JP Parisi was the same player as you know, like way back forty years ago with the Minnesota North Stars. Not the scorer, not the offensive producer that Zach Parisi is, but still the hard work. Got it done, and it made J.P. Parisi a better player than he probably would have been if he wasn't as hard a worker as he truly is. And we do deeply thank J.P. Parisi for passing that on to Zach. To Zach. And that's why we see what Zach is today, who, who again, probably would not be as good of a player as he is without the hard work that he puts in on and off the ice on a day-to-day basis. I mean, there isn't a harder worker in the NHL than Zach Parisi. And J.P. Parisi, I'm sure many people would say the same. And in fact, many have said the same about him when he played. Again, not the prolific superstar that Zach is. But then again, even Zach himself isn't exactly a Sidney Crosby type out there. Just saying. (laughs) J.P., though, did make two All-Star teams. Did make two in uh, 1969-1970 with the North Stars. Now, he did become a member of the inaugural team, believe it or not, 1967-68. Played with the North Stars all the way up to 75, ultimately. And again, two All-Stars seasons. In 1969-1970, he had 72 points. And then a couple years later, in 72-73, he had 75 points in in 78 games. Just an extremely productive player in those years, especially. Overall, more of a 50-point type of guy. But hey, uh, got the job <laughs> got the job done in a huge way. Wasn't necessarily a Sidney Crosby, or, you know, or Wayne Gretzky at the year, you know, back back in the day. He just was what he was a, a hardworking, solid player for the North Stars. Got traded to the New York Islanders. Played there for four years. Unfortunately, though, never got to be a part of a great team in New York. Uh, was a part of a very good team in the early days of the North Stars, where they almost went to the Cup Finals really early on. Didn't quite make it, and then. Well, I guess they traded him out of here before they started to stink in the late 70s, the North Stars, so that's good for him, but unfortunately never got to win the Stanley Cup with the New York Islanders or the Minnesota North Stars during those years. Wound up with the Cleveland Barons in 1977-78, and then of course that meant the merger, the famous merger, the Cleveland Barons with the Minnesota North Stars, where we got all those players well, guess what? J.P. Parisi was one of them, and he got to finish his final season with the Minnesota North Stars in 1978-79. Got to come back home to the Minnesota, to Minnesota, where ultimately, later on, he became an ambassador for the game of hockey. Not that he wasn't already. Became a true Yoda of the game. A true Yoda of hockey in the state of Minnesota. And for the NHL. And then ultimately, well, he, he bore two sons, Jordan and Zach Parisi. Jordan was a nice goaltender <laughs> and ultimately played for North Dakota Fighting Sioux, as did Zach Parisi, North Dakota Fighting Sioux, obviously, of course, drafted by the New Jersey Devils at a 93-point season early on, just really productive, wound up with Minnesota years later, obviously with a 99 million 13-year uh, contract, really cool, and JP was very instrumental in Zach's return to Minnesota. He really pushed to get Zach back to Minnesota. And I still remember Paul Allen, PA, of KFAN, having J.P. Parisi on. And uh, around, was it April, May, uh, no, it was around like May, June or so. You know, like well before the free agency period. It was still during the uh, the playoffs when actually Zach was still on his playoff run to the Stanley Cup Finals. And J.P. was saying, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do the best he can to get his son home. It's obviously up to him at the end. But he's going to do what he can to get Zach to come home to the Minnesota Wild. And it was a, 
a very awesome booking by Paul Allen, and that was a really, really nice show. Uh, hearing J.P. Breezy talking about all these memories with the Minnesota North Stars, felt like you're going back in time. Like even even though I wasn't there, I felt like I was there listening to J.P. And gosh, so cool and so sad to see him go. So sad indeed. Obviously, I I never knew him, and I keep saying obviously. I apologize for that. That's poor. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I never knew J.P. Parisi, of course, but ultimately, on that show, it was some. It was definitely somebody I wish I, I did get to meet somehow, some way. Oh, hopefully someday I'll meet his son Zach Parisi. That would be quite an honor, without a doubt. J.P. Parisi, we will definitely miss you, uh, but we will always remember and honor you as one of the true Yodas of, <laughs> of, professional hockey in the state of Minnesota. So with that, we will very briefly check in on the Iowa Wild. Very, very briefly. They've been playing slightly better. Pretty much 500 hockey the past week or so. In fact, that's exactly what it was. A 3-0 loss to the, like I said, Rochester Americans back on Friday, the 2nd of January. Then they beat the Utica. They beat the Utica Comets 2-1. The Texas Stars 2-1. And then San Antonio, they lost (laughs) 8-3. That's pretty rough. All the games were on the road for Iowa, so they were on a, quite a uh, quite a road trip there with a, about a five-game break in between. They're playing a little better, but overall, most of the players on the roster, nobody, again, is really majorly standing out other than, well, Matthew Dumber, which is a good thing, or Matt Dumba, pardon me. That's a good thing. I mean, I have no problem with Matt Dumba playing well, but ultimately, he's going to be in the NHL, and he's not somebody that was really necessarily... <laughs> sent down there to develop over the course of time, but then again, I guess he is now. Um, where other guys, they're there to develop to even get to the NHL, where Matt has already been in the NHL. But uh, I do like the progress he's made in the 16 games he's been there. He's had 12 points. That's good. Uh, another man of note, of course, being Josh Harding. The MS did flare up. He's only, He only got to play in two games and averaged over three goals in those two games in the AHL level. That's not good. But again, the MS flared up, and well, I guess that's uh, all she wrote for Josh Harding for the time being. Brett Sutter's back down there, unfortunately. I really liked the effort he brought to the to the Wild and the uh, the, <laughs> the the energy. And I mean, he was a worthy. I think he's a worthy player with the Minnesota Wild. Whereas uh, Mike Yo was making the comment that he wasn't happy with Brett Sutter's training camp. That's kind of why he didn't make the team early on. Well, I guess he's back in Houston again. Zach Phillips continuing to struggle. Only 13 points in 36 games. It's like, what more can you say? Brett Ballmer's doing a whole lot of nothing. Remember how close he was to being on the NHL roster at one point in time? Seems like a million years ago. Stu Bickle was sent back down, which I have no idea why, when Justin Falk is, is on the NHL roster instead of Stu Bickle. I have no idea what the hell they're doing there. Not happy with that. Uh, Tyler... Tyler Grayovac playing well down there, without a doubt. He's probably the best player on the roster right now. Seventh round pick, kind of like, again, like Eric Halla, how he was a <laughs> seventh round pick that was leading the, at the time, Houston Arrows in scoring and the Iowa Wild and all that good stuff. And then he was, next thing you know, he was on the Wild and stuck around. Unfortunately, he definitely took a step back this year, like I talked about extensively early on. So that's pretty much your Iowa Wild update for the time being. Jordan Schrader's even on the roster, believe it or not. 
but overall, really nothing to brag about with the Iowa Wild right now. They're playing a little better, but again, <clears throat> nobody's majorly standing out other than Matt Dumba. And of course, he's a guy who's already been on the NHL roster. So we'll just see where things go with Tyler Grayovac. He got a little, he got his feet wet, a little three-game stint last week. Didn't majorly stand out, but there were some positive signs, basically. Just uh, just a good NHL sense. So maybe he will be back at some point in time. So other guys that are underachieving, watch out. Watch out, guys like Grayovac and, well, I don't know about Zach Phillips, but maybe a Jordan Schrader or Brett Sutter. Just might take your job, young man. Just might take your job. And I think Stu Bickle is definitely more worthy than Justin Falk at this point in time. But then again, <laughs> at times they play on opposite sides. That could be the issue right there. Well, it is what it is. Open for the best. There were I, uh, there is a there is a possible light at the end of the tunnel. That was the positive thing I ended this show with. <laughs> or the, I ended the segment with, the second segment. That's the hope. That's the hope that a couple of easy that a couple of easy games coming up. Pretend, you know, and I'm saying that very carefully. But an easier schedule coming up could be could be the secret to helping the Wild finally getting out of this massive funk that they've been in. It could be the key to them finally doing something. And man, wouldn't that be nice though to come back on a two game win streak? Maybe even more than that. Should the Wild be uh, do something wonderful and upset the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, I still remember the episode last year, a little bit over a year now. So obviously the Wild will be starting on their on their run back to the postseason uh, at a later time than last year. So it's going to be a very steep hill to climb, which was the name of last episode. Um, but I still remember calling the show strange and wonderful because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Guys were injured. Multiple players were injured, and yet the Wild were playing better than ever. They beat. They were beating the Kings. It was just crazy. They were beating like the Kings and the Blackhawks and and the Canucks, and it, it was pretty nice. So we'll see. Hopefully, something like that does happen. But it's got to start by beating the bad teams. You don't beat the bad teams. We're gonna have a new coach, maybe a new GM too. With that, <laughs> go Wild and get the job done. Beat these bad teams. At the end of next week. And uh, hold, try to hold your own against Pittsburgh, Chicago. We'll be back next week. Do take care, everybody.